0: Hi, before you begin, just to be aware that some of these episodes were recorded some time ago, and there may be references in there that seem out of date. It's because they are. But don't worry, we're still live on all the social medias right now. Please reach out to us and enjoy the episode.
1: And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Hello and welcome to Wait With Spock a podcast about a father and daughter's journey through the Star Trek universe beyond the original series. My name is Amaya.
0: And I'm Matt. And today on The Next Generation Season 1, we're watching Episode 7, Justice. And here's the summary. After dropping off some colonists in a nearby system, the crew visits a world of beautiful, healthy and tanned human-looking people. Oh, that sounds Mm. like the Gold Coast. Maybe they visit the Gold Coast.
1: Yeah. All right. There you go. Any thoughts? Well... Human looking, so I suppose they're not human. I mean, why would they? Well, I mean, they could be human if they're colonists, I guess, but I well, guess dropping off. in the world of Star Trek, it's highly unlikely that they would be human.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, weirdly, there are a lot of creatures, you know, in the universe that look very human like. I mean, they just have like a little ridge or something, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Cheap effects, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a vague memory about Wesley in this one. That, that's about it.
1: Sure, yeah. I don't um, think anything of it, really, mm. you know.
0: Should be outdoors. Well,
1: the people, I assume I assume what's going to happen is they go down, the people are beautiful, and they're really nice, and they're really welcoming, and it all seems so great, and it's like utopia, but then, ooh, something sinister is going <coughs> on. <coughs> you know, like every episode of Star
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, let's get on the Delta Flyer, get out of this Voyager and head down to the surface, where these guys are, I assume, and watch Episode 7, Justice. Okay, and we are back from Rubicon 3. Boy, that was one sexy planet. Yeah. I'm glad to be fully clothed again, though. i kind of been uncomfortable in those mm. little white loincloths. But anyway, that, yeah, that was uh, Episode 7, Justice. Yeah. which Which I think is one of the more consistent star trek episodes we've had so far
1: yes that's fair wasn't thrilling it was kind of boring Uh,
0: it wasn't it wasn't particularly exciting but it was you know compared to what we've had with the a and the b story stuff it's probably been the most on 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 the mark and the the most like a traditional star trek episode where we discuss a concept problem may Mm. be that i'm not sure (laughs) we got a resolution to that discussion really yeah anyway so uh going by the beats the enterprise uh, as we heard from uh, the synopsis has um, dropped off some colonists at a, a new uh planet in this system and then while they're there, the Enterprise discovers another Class M planet uh, called, they know it's called Rubicon 3, I guess they ask the inhabitants, full of um, human-like people who are very lovely, and the planet's very lovely, and Riker is smirking a lot. He knows something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. He's just generally jolly this whole episode. Yeah, he's enjoying this. In a this. weird way.
0: He's enjoying this. Um, yeah. Coincidentally... Dr. Crusher, CMO, as she refers to herself during this episode, chief medical officer. Mm-hmm. Crusher has determined that the, the team needs shore leave and perhaps an away party should beam down to check out this very nice planet. And And apparently, according to, I think it's according to, is it according to the counsellor? I can't remember who says this, but basically they just have sex a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean they kind of all say
0: it. Yeah, at, 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 but I think I, I think she says someone says at the drop of a hat might be uh, Riker, and Yara s- sort of uh, smiles and goes, "Any hat, any yeah, which, hat."
1: I don't know what that means. I,
0: I think that's code for gay. I think that's code for switch hitting. I think I think it's maybe. I
1: guess.
0: I, I'm I'm going with code for bisexual, um, mm. you know, because Yara's you know she kind of vibes that way. I've always felt, yeah, I could sort of, you know, she could go either way. I think, yeah, she's not fussed. She just enjoys the thing of it.
1: Sure, it'd be nice if there were gay characters in Star Trek. Say again? So, I mean, it would be nice if there were gay characters in Star Trek, but
0: yeah, I mean, yes, that would be a, a thing, um, and of course, it does happen down the track. But uh, yeah, um, we don't. Uh, it's probably not going to happen here, I imagine. Nah. Anyway, uh so and
1: Picard's, well, cuz Picard says that Wesley can go down on the Yes, away they, yeah because team.
0: he's got to work out whether the youth are going to like the planet, whether the kids are going yeah, to think well, it's, you know, rad on the planet.
1: Yeah. And I guess Picard just likes Wesley now. He used to fucking hate Wesley, but he, since like last episode when he was he made a crewman Last episode? Last episode? I think he was or the episode before. Mm, I think it was last episode. I want to say it was last episode, yeah. So...
0: Yeah. So yes, he determines that Wesley should go down and check out the appeal for the young people. In the middle of all this, though, uh, Data picks up... Some sensor readings off the bow that Yard determines are probably some sort of glitch in the matrix. Probably like seeing the cat twice. Anyway, clearly it's a nice little bit of foreshadowing for something. And uh, as we as we exit the uh, uh, the intro um, uh, scene for this episode, uh, Picard um, utters the words, "Let's hope it's not too good to be true." <laughs> yes, yeah. and of course it's not. Anyway,
1: which honestly, it's not. The episode didn't go the way I was expecting it to go. Oh, yeah? Because, I mean, there wasn't really a sinister thing going on. It's like, it's not It's not like the, the citizens were really evil and, like, or they have some s- plot or there's something... I guess there is something weird with the planet, but it was just kind of, like, a slightly strange law that was slightly strange, but not that insane, you know, compared to all the alien planets we've ever seen in star trek so it was like there wasn't really a crazy twist i didn't feel like
0: no i would concur with that i don't think there was a crazy twist but we can um you know we can get there and and Uh, discuss that whole the whole issue about that anyway so uh, they've been down to the planet and it turns out that this was the episode I remembered by the way uh, Rubicon 3 is populated by barely the barely clothed Edo all of whom are blonde they're not all young there are some older people there but of course no one over yeah. Kind of early forties, maybe mid forties, and those people are kept in the background.
1: And no one who's not white.
0: And no one who's not white, of course. Yes, because if
1: if you're attractive, you've got to be blonde, and you have to be white. That's right. Yes, it's Hitler's planet.
0: This is where the Nazis ended up. They ended up colonising this planet with blonde white people.
1: Like a lot of the people weren't even that fit either. Like, everyone was, like, you know, like, decently attractive and decently fit. But it's not like it wasn't crazy. Like, it wasn't like everyone was jacked and everyone was, like... No, but this oh. was the
0: 80s, so, I mean, you just kind of Yeah, had it's to true. Sort of be, you know, a reasonable weight, I guess. Not necessarily. I mean, the yeah, two... Yeah, no, like,
1: like, no, I think of it as in, like, a positive way. Because it's like it's like when you watch, um... Yeah, like, shows from, like, the 90s and stuff. And, like, dudes are getting their shirt off and it's supposed to be, like, ooh, sexy. But it's, like, they don't even have abs or anything. Because it was like, you can just be a healthy, normal looking person and be attractive. You don't have to be like, you don't have to train for, you know, 12 months and like eat nothing to get like shredded abs to be considered like, you know, all right looking. Mm. So no, I like it. I mean, I mean, I'm glad that like, like one of the main, because it was like, there was a main dude and a main woman who were like the the hosts basically. And the dude was like, yeah, a little chub on him. Like, you know, he had like... Well, he
0: was just a skinny, like a little, undeveloped man.
1: But he wasn't even that skinny. Like, you know, it was just like a normal person. Yeah, sure. Was, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was all of that. Uh, So there were two leads. It was him, Litor, I think his name was. And then there was a woman whose name I wrote down, but have now forgotten. Anyway, so they greet uh, the, the crew that comes down and instantly basically just start groping them. Yeah yeah super horny, she's right up for this. Worf issues She really was. Yeah, she was totally up for this. Uh Worf issues one of his more famous lines. Nice planet. He's very good in this, I must say. He's quite dry. (laughs) I think we're really sort of getting to see Worf kind of start to form now. And then and then comes the sort of creepy Wes stuff where what do we do with these kids? And and so the woman kind of awkwardly hugs, you know, hugs him and says, You can go and play with the kids.
1: At least there wasn't I really expected there to be some creepy be like, ooh, on our planet we don't care about ages or whatever. But they were, they they knew that they couldn't get away with that. They knew they couldn't do that. Mm. So they were like, oh, what do you, what, what should we do? And he was like, whatever. And she was like, I'll just give you a hug and then you can go play with some kids. and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I'm no, fine with this. No, I don't
0: think that was ever going to be a, um, I don't think that was ever going to be a thing. I think that were. You
1: know, what, about, but what about the dude that was like in love with Wesley the other episode? Come on. Yeah. Don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's easy to read that stuff into it with the passing of time, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, so basically it's just, it's just sex town. Yeah, this thing with running, a lot of running. Everyone runs here. We should run because that helps us keep thin, I guess. I don't know where they're going to the gym though here, because there are there were a few sort of um, uh, buff dudes. Anyway, lots of running. Yeah,
1: they're just just, you know hanging out. Yeah,
0: maybe they bench. Maybe they bench. French press each other
1: Yeah But I don't I don't know if we've stressed enough How little clothing they're wearing Very very little clothing Very very Basically just A very tight loincloth Like not even a loincloth Like just like a tight uh, Cloth underwear Mm -hmm. And then like a little Top piece
0: Yep So the men That was it The men wore Something similar to Borat's mankini I guess um, Because of course They weren't covered at the top And the women wore Sort of I think it was Essentially a two piece Which was basically A pair of sort of Frilly swimmers um, or very short shorts like sport shorts. But
1: that's the thing about them it wasn't like swimwear because it was just like cloth that was like wrapped around them so it all bunched weirdly and really showed everything you
0: know. Yeah you saw a lot of ass and uh, yeah 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 a lot of ass was
1: exposed. Like half their ass was exposed. But they were
0: actually shorts and in fact uh, it was noticeable well yeah sure that's true enough but it was noticeable that some of them did actually wear shorts.
1: That's true Yeah, yeah yeah sometimes there was like you could actually see fabric moving away from their skin at times oh and that was well i surprising. remember the
0: the girl who was with uh wesley who will get to in the moment she was wearing a pair of shorts like literally sure yeah there. yeah because she was a child i guess i guess that was thinking there was someone else someone i think again someone older who was wearing shorts yeah and they're yeah. more like sort of yeah just sort of like standard shorts i think there might have been some frills but um yes that was it very very little clothing in this episode and a Mm -hmm. lot of sex which is i mean i know that's roddenberry's thing he's all about the sex loves it wonder how this episode played at the time
1: yeah but that's i think that's the thing that surprised me about this episode that it did not end up being about the sex like they kind of talked about it a lot Mm -hmm. at the beginning and they were like "Ooh, this is the sex planet yeah yeah and then like Immediately, it was like actually, it's just about our laws and customs yeah. that don't have anything to do with this. Yeah, that's and I was right. like, oh, okay. It was a lot like, of No one had out. sex in this episode. Yeah, it was. Well, there at was least not, n- not.
0: There was no sex we saw, but there was a lot of making out. Not making out on behalf of any of the away team, mind you. They really couldn't no. do anything but chat.
1: That's what I mean. I really expected like there to be stuff with the away team, like them to be getting it on with people, mm. but they really like it was always like just like sh- panning shots of people, and there'd be just like pairs of people like making out, and then just them in between people like with a drink having a civil conversation Mm,
0: yes yeah that's true um although there was some futuristic dancing going on and some application of body oil
1: yeah that was good no it was they were doing yoga weren't they
0: oh i thought there was no there was music because the two rip dudes were playing the harp thingies and then the people were sort of doing kind of what i was called buck rogers dancing there's a great uh Remember the uh, the pilot episode for Buck Rogers in the 25th century, which played as a, I think it was actually released as a movie here. Well, maybe I'm confusing it with Battlestar Galactica. Anyway, um, when he goes to the 25th century, everything's pinned down. And of course, this being the early 80s, the end of disco, Buck teaches them some disco because they're all sort of dancing very formally with orbs and things. Anyway, so there's <laughs> dancing, there's nudity. Meanwhile, back on board, uh, Data and Geordie have determined that it's not a glitch in the Matrix. In fact, they have detected something off the starboard bow. Um, it's not Klingon's Earth, anyone can remember that famous song? Not me. No, you wouldn't because you weren't alive. Mm-hmm. It was a Star Trek song in the 90s. Anyway, so they they point the Enterprise cameras at that space and magically a sort of weirdly half invisible, what looks like a kind of space station materializes in front of them. Yeah, Jordy then, uh, Picard then asked Jordy to run down to the observation deck, I guess, and have a look at them through his special eyepieces.
1: Why couldn't he do that on the bridge?
0: Because he needed to see them through glass rather than through a sensor screen. Like he needs to, to yeah. use them, otherwise he just sees the screen.
1: So, Why don't they just have glass on the on the bridge?
0: Well, I guess it's vulnerable. I guess. You know, if you're in battle. Um, yeah. So, so he runs down there... <laughs> to make the incredible observation yes it's half in reality half not well we can see that and we've already worked that yeah, out he
1: just went he just went yup yep that's ex- that's that's right that
0: yeah, is right and uh data confirms you know all of this um oh he confirms that the uh, message that he's did they, they sent this message through which i can quite understand that apparently it translates into standby at which point a, a ball of energy leaves the the space station thing and enters the enterprise it's quite small flies up to the bridge
1: yeah it's just a it's a little bubble it's
0: a little bubble basically it's a it's glowing a bubble. bubble yep yep it, it's a it's a little bubble of energy they lose contact with the away team at that point uh i'm not sure why we have to know that but anyway they're told that communication or we have to know because it's part of the plot of course um and and then this little bubble sort of booms in a guardians of forever i think they're all guardians of tomorrow do you remember the um no it's from original series oh the remember the gateway which they go you know where they go back to 1930s earth doing it with John collins you know yeah, what's yeah edge of tomorrow. tomorrow edge of tomorrow right sounded just like that the guardian like right. the booming voice anyway huge yeah. booming voice which uh, oh
1: sorry idiot <laughs> city on the edge of forever city on sorry. the edge of forever yeah So this
0: huge booming voice um, asks them to state their purpose. Uh, It's obviously very powerful because they're all very overwhelmed by this voice and everything's shaking. And Picard tries to explain that they drop these colonists off on this planet because we're humans and we like to explore. This is when the bubble explains or the voice explains that the Edo are his children.
1: Yeah, well, he didn't explain it. He just went, "Don't interfere with my children." Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: he just he doesn't say like, know. "Oh, these are my children and whatever." But yep yeah, we I- yeah,
1: wasn't like, "Hey guys, are those are my kids. Please don't." Uh, no, all sure. Of them. Yeah, he, are, he asked them
0: not to interfere, <laughs> and I think then does Picard ask Data to start communicating with the the ball? No,
1: no, no, no. So the bubble turns around to like leave, but then it 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 like bu- it like goes towards Data, and then Data's like, "It's." Like, they're completely silent for a while. And then he's like, Picard, you won't believe this. But somehow he's asking me if I was built to interface. And then the bubble, like, puts itself on Data's forehead and then Data falls over. Oh,
0: yes, yes. And he just collapses because he's overwhelmed by the by the power of the, the bubble. And this was yeah. when, of course, the moment where, I, you know, I, you realize, ah, the A and the B story are actually connected this time. For the first time yeah, yeah, yeah. since, I don't know when, maybe the first time this season maybe not i don't know but there's obviously going to be a connection between the a and the b story i mean they're almost not a and yeah. b stories really
1: no it's one story just happening in two different places yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's just a, you know different yeah exactly right it's just scene changes yeah meanwhile but
1: they don't they don't um they're very unconcerned about data being you know held i don't know like this thing is doing weird shit to data and made him fall unconscious mm. and they're like huh interesting yeah it's like i don't know like i know that he's an android but like he's basically a person like you could have some concern for like his well-being or i don't know yeah well, i mean i don't i hate him well, so Crusher
0: Crusher comes.
1: yeah but they just like scan him and they're just like wonder what's happening well, he seems to be okay <laughs> does he <laughs> he's, he's passed out on the ground well, she
0: says he's okay she? she's like oh he's sort of okay we'll take him to the the sick bay and check him out yeah know, sure. he's a robot yeah Anyway, you know, back on the planet, there's more sexual escapades. Uh, but it's okay, because uh, Wesley's discovered some kids. And uh, at first, you know, the girl from the group says, oh, I can't wait for you to teach me about things. Ugh, and it's like, it going, oh, oh, I don't know about... Things. And she's like, oh, but yeah. what about ball? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. So he says, yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna play ball. Let's get a stick. We'll get a ball. It's all great. Meantime, there's lots of orgies happening. Well, not really, but there's lots of uh lots of macking out happened back at the whatever that thing is, the piazza. Yeah, I
1: assume I assume they wanted there to be like orgies happening, but like they couldn't really. I
0: think the intention is that people are just freely having sex, but because we can't see it, yeah.
1: Yeah, but even I feel like it's even been the thing. The thing is, in even in. Other other episodes it was more heavily implied that people were having sex like even in that gross episode where people were like being possessed by shit and like Data and Yar had sex and stuff like that it's like stuff has been implied much more heavily before so that's why I was surprised that it was like maybe Riker has had sex because he seems pretty excited about this place but like there's been no real strong indication of that or anything really. Yeah, right. I was surprised by that for this being the sex episode.
0: Yeah, I get. well, you couldn't obviously see them having sex, but...
1: No, but I mean, but like a woman can go after to Riker and be like, oh, let's go. And he's like, oh, I'll be back later, guys. Yeah, sure. Like, we can apply it. That didn't happen. We can yeah. certainly
0: imply it. Anyway, Riker's having a ball because he's a dude. Um, he chats with chatting with Worf about things. How good is it, hey Worfie? And Worfie's like just standing there looking angry, and he has to explain that he he's a warrior and he's not going to do all this. And um, you know he can only um, have sexual relations with, with is this with a human female or something. With well, anyway, but he was very what? He,
1: no with a Klingon woman. With a
0: Klingon woman because yeah, human women are are too frail because he's such a demon lover. He's where, such a start. Where we discover Worf is a complete Get it, start. Worf. And, and, uh, and put Riker's like, you are. He's not even going to question him. He's like, you bet you are, Worf. I know you are. <laughs> and of course, we believe it. I mean, there's no question that Worf's going to be um, the man. And this is when... Isn't there? I don't think so. Come on. He's a Klingon. He's like a dude. But I
1: don't think he's very caring about the other person. No,
0: it's not about them, is it? Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's about how he feels. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's why
0: he's still a man. You know, Mm. (laughs) he still doesn't care anyway. Riker discovers that the, the comms are down. And that, um, yeah. you know, maybe there's a problem, but maybe not. The council not too concerned because he she's obviously sensing these people are super lovely and nice. Mm. But they figure, look, let's, you know, let's get the group together. Uh, Worf then goes to gather Yar from a little three-way action sort of implied in the, <laughs> at the back of the piazza or wherever They're
1: literally just sitting there drinking some wine yeah, and no, having a chat. A, this is,
0: yeah, but we know where it's I going.
1: Understand. I understand. It's, it's not implied, it's like metaphorical'
0: oh, sure um anyway as a uh, chat uh, as as ya sort of says oh wait you've got to hear about these how it works on this planet they discover that there's no sort of police but there's no cri- there's no crime on the planet but there's no real police there's these things uh, they're called the mediators and uh, there's these kind of areas called punishment zones and that basically there's the only thing you can do wrong you just you just if you go into one of these punishment zones you just die basically you just get killed and that's it if
1: you do something wrong, yeah. In the, one of these, if like I-
0: if you cross one of these punishment zones, which are basically you know them because they have a white fence around them.
1: No, 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 that's not that. That wasn't the rule, was it? No, I don't think that. That's not how I interpreted what they were saying.
0: How did you interpret? it?
1: I thought. I thought what they were saying was no no because no, they said they set up these punishment zones and only the mediators know where they are because they're completely random and right. assigned every day Yep, fair enough. so a punishment zone is just a random area and if you break if you just happen to break any law in that area you will be executed yeah and the point is that you never know where the punishment zone is going to be so you just don't want to break any law Yep. so the the white uh zone isn't a punishment area that was just That's just a law that you can't, like, cross, like, white fences and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. So, uh, um, you can't cross these fences. That's, therefore, a punishment zone. No. No, it's not a punishment zone.
1: No, no, no. Because if Wesley fell into that thing and it didn't happen to be a punishment zone that day, he would have been fine. It just happened to be a punishment zone that day. Right. Yeah. Because they're just random areas. Okay.
0: All right, so these random areas... That ha- and if
1: you break a law within that random area, you will be executed. But... but uh, And so... Wh-
0: but hang on, at one, one stage, I- at one stage, um, she said, oh, but we know where they are because of the white fence. Oh, sorry, we forgot to tell you.
1: No, no, no. She said, she said you just can't break any laws. And they were like, well, what, what the fuck are the laws? And she was like, oh, well, like, she they were like, so like walking on grass and stuff, like if I broke that law, I would die if I was in a punishment zone. They're like, yeah, but you... But like, just don't... Like, that, that's just like white fences. You don't have to... Like, you know how to not break the laws because there's a white fence there. Don't do that. She didn't say that that was the punishment zone. She said that that's. Oh, a right. Law. Okay,
0: sure. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Anyway, basically. There's these things laid out that the Edo's all know about, and so they know to keep away from it. And the punishment is really simple. the the, the criminal system is really simple. You just die, and uh, that's it. Uh, You've yeah, got to, just, just no.
1: Steps. I don't. I feel like you're going to cut everything that I said, and you're just going to use that because you thought that what I said was too long-winded. But you're not explaining it right, and that is Look, annoying it, me.
0: essentially, when they <laughs> when they commit a crime, they die.
1: No, that's not it. That's wrong. That is what. That, that is the case. No, only. If you're in a punishment zone,
0: hang on, wait. You
1: will, nothing will happen to you if you're not in a punishment zone. If you break a law, nothing will happen to you.
0: Right, okay. But if you
1: happen to be in a punishment zone, then you will be executed. And that's the point that it's like, it's not like we'll execute anyone who does anything. It's just like, if you happen to be in one of these magical punishment zones, you'll be executed. But no one knows where the punishment zones are. So you could be in one at any time. So just don't break any laws. It's like a weird law because it's like, well, why don't you just say you'll execute everyone? But they don't say that.
0: So I've gone to the wiki, the the memory alpha Star Trek. (laughs) wiki page just to read it okay so this is this is what it says Mm -hmm. they explain they have no police or enforcement but instead have mediators who select only one area each day as you were saying for a certain period of time the punishment zone it is completely random no person ever knows when or where it is and it will be and so no one risks death so
1: so because she said it that way which was weird i think that's why they've written it that way but how but But then after
0: okay so she says that because then if you don't know where it is is how can you not risk death? Anyway, let me just continue with this. They're very disturbed okay. by this news because there's only one punishment for any crime: death. While it yeah. sounds drastic, the Edo consider it very wise and a basis of lasting peace. Yeah, anyway, let's just say people die, they get executed for breaking this law. C-
1: I think you should keep all of our conversation. I'm not gonna edit it
0: out, I swear to you.
1: Okay, great. Excellent. <laughs> I think it's very Since important already to edited it out, started. bit. <laughs>
0: no, anyway, yep, yeah, no worries. So, naturally, of course, they go, wait, Wesley. He's an idiot. Cut to exactly Wesley being an idiot, and he's not being an idiot. He's just running around tossing a ball, and they're having yeah. fun tossing the ball. It looks so much like healthy young fun. Then Wesley says, "Hey, I'm going long. Throw me the ball." And so <laughs> he, the kid throws the ball, and Wesley's running, 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 and they go, "Wesley, no!" And Wesley crosses this fence into this new garden. He says, "Don't go into the new garden." He crashes into this uh, greenhouse thing, and he's all like, "Oh, I'm really sorry, but I'm." Okay okay don't worry about me and they're like no Wesley oh no because I understand what's happened the mediators jog along and say oh yep here we are yep uh, you've committed a crime he's like no no it's okay everything's everything's fine Wesley's just assuming they're worried about him of course yeah not knowing what we now know then come the away team who uh and eventually Yar and um Yar and Wolf who explained to them that in fact hey the only punishment they have is death so that these guys here are about to kill wesley for committing a crime uh and they pull out this little syringe thing and you know of course everyone's like riker and his team are like what are you doing you can't do that and uh riker jumps in front of the man and does some kung fu on him and knocks a syringe out of his hand while yar and Worf pull out their um their phases
1: yeah i mean they kind of barely do anything they kind of he kind of just walks over to the dude slaps the syringe out of his hand and that was about it and then the dudes were like oh yeah oh shit
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. But these guys don't fight or anything. They're not used to any of that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Anyway, so we've got a problem obviously because they you know what um, they try and beam out but of course communication is still down. back on the ship yeah data in the bubble they're still connected. Crush is saying his, his readings are fine and then and then suddenly the orb detaches itself and just basically pisses off right yeah and at that point of course communication comes back on and Yara and Riker are trying to communicate with Picard and Picard has to beam down. It's it's an urgent matter. Picard then arrives in the piazza with all the naked people. He's looking pretty... He's like, yeah, I've seen a lot of naked people before. I'm pretty cool with all this. (laughs) Meets the away team to discuss this issue of law and justice. And here comes one of the most Star Trek scenes you'll ever get. It's the exposition scene where we discuss the nature of human justice and and law versus this alien justice and law, which is, you know, obviously this is just a stand-in for what are laws, what is justice, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really go anywhere, you have to say. No. Nah. Kind of just, yeah, it just doesn't go anywhere. And, in fact, um, the the guy, Lytor, of his name is, is, is basically insulted because uh, Picard says, oh, yes, we've evolved beyond we Capital Punishment. We don't do any of that anymore. We've, we're have we so much better and, you know, um, I can't, I'm going to just call him Lytor. I oh, know that's not his name and you're all yelling at me. Uh, liator that is his name, um, Lytor, or, um, is... Um, Throws some shade at Picard, saying, oh, you know, we're primitives and barbarians, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not good enough for you. Um, but Picard also knows that there's the prime directive which forbids them to interfere with locals around having said that can i just say this is my whole problem with the whole prime directive The prime directive was don't go down to the fucking planet when you've got a spaceship why did they go down (sighs) because the prime directive is here is a civilization that has no as far as they can tell no warp technology or no sophisticated technology of any real kind and they just fucking beam down to have a route yeah that's the prime the prime directive is don't fucking go down on the planet not well, go down on the planet.
1: don't, it's like don't show the civilization something beyond their years that will change the course of their yeah. evolution, basically. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, but they... So it's like... They
0: kind of don't do that. Yes. They sort of fucking beam down and go, yeah, we're ready. Give us a vagina they and do. the boobies and well, penis and stuff.
1: Well, that's, that's the weird thing is that um, they don't seem to have any sort of, you know, insane technology or anything, but they're not... Like, so so they can't leave their planet, so they don't know about aliens and other races and other planets and stuff, but they seem to not at all be shocked when these people beam onto their planet. Like, they're just like, oh, hey, it's you guys. Mm. Sup? Like, so I I, I didn't quite understand that, because when they first beamed down and they were like, oh, yeah, they're totally normal and blah, 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 and they were just chatting about it, I assumed that they were kind of, like, part of the Federation or something, Mm. but... They don't seem to be. So that was kind of confusing. I don't know why they were so chill with it.
0: Yeah. So that that's essentially where I kind of, I wouldn't say I, mean, I did tune out of the episode, but basically I went, oh, this isn't working. I did. This isn't working because you can't have... It was a, also kind of boring. It wasn't hugely interesting, no. I mean, basically no. they have a ship, they want their kid back. He fell into a, you know, a grass of, you know, some, a little patch of plants, you know, it's not like he, you know, if there's a moral dilemma, like he stole or he, his actions led to someone's death or something. Yeah. Maybe, but um, anyway. Yeah,
1: because basically this dude goes like, he goes like, oh, well, you know, you're so strong, so I'll just tell them that... Because he's like, yeah, when he's being shitty, he's like, I'll just tell them that, you know, you took the kid and I couldn't do anything about it. So he's saying, like, take the kid and leave. And Picard yeah. goes, no, no, no. It's like, dude, take the kid and leave. Yes,
0: like, yeah, that's essentially he's saying, no, we can't we can't because there's the prime directive. Uh, anyway, the whole... Which, I think the prime directive is, is a little confused and and yeah it's it better as the seasons progress and you know but i think this early stage of prime directive is a little it's a little weak but you know this is mm. kind of the b minus version of maybe c plus version of the the star trek exposition the idea the controlling idea okay. of the show if you like the thing you know what is justice what are laws all that sort of thing anyway um Picard um, then asks them about the the vessel above. They say, "Oh, do you mean God?" So they're well aware yeah. that this God exists. They're like, "Oh, cool, right here. Well, no worries." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Data has awakened. and has got some important things to tell Picard. Picard uh, then decides he's going to return to the ship. They're going to take the woman with him. Um, her name was Rivan. Uh, so she. So can we? Yep. Yeah.
1: Can we talk about how how letting okay letting them kill Wesley? would not break the prime directive and like that would Mm. like like that's all g Mm. but taking this woman up onto their ship who doesn't understand any of this and is like shocked by it and shit Mm. and just like showing her around blah 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 that's fine that's that doesn't break anything and
0: this is what i mean by this whole you know prime directive nonsense yeah this is it's unfortunately it's a weak it's just the it's the weak foundations that this whole thing is is based on yeah and and that's it just weak foundations and and that's what that's what essentially kind of kills this episode i think you know mm. if if wesley had violated the prime directive by revealing himself or something revealing himself to be advanced yeah then okay but he's but they all violate the prime directive Anyway, I yeah. mean, this is the unfortunate point about this. I think, I think this episode had real. I think it had possibly. Anyway, we'll get to this. Let, me, let let's just get the beats out of the way. Most so they episode. go up to the they go up to the um, the ship, and of course she's amazed. Look at all this! What an incredible city you've got over there. Picard takes her to the observation deck, and she falls on her knees in worship of God. And you know, Picard, how do you know this is God? Because she knows. Because he's appeared. Um, it's all amazing. And which uh, suddenly the space station starts approaching and booming, you know. Return my child, and and because they quickly beam the beaten the woman back down, so they beam her back down, and everything's mm. better because they're quite scared of this space station. They don't seem to be kind of resisting at all. I th- they don't even know what the thing can do, really. I mean, they're just scared of it. Yeah not really sure what it can do Crusher naturally is getting very worried about the kid
1: because you know no one's
0: really spoken to the mother
1: yeah they they, they beam up she's there she goes I heard about Wesley and he goes in a moment doctor and I was like no Mm. no her child is about to be executed yeah (laughs) like you know you don't shush her well she's she's got to
0: be you know she's got to be kept in line Mm. you know she she can't she's got to otherwise you know she's going to break out and start saying things whenever she wants yeah so yeah Yes, anyway, so yes, Crusher's upset. Um Picard's worried too. because he's not gonna let Picard's not gonna let yeah. anything happen to Wesley. Data then does his little exposition dump about kind of what we figured that these things are kind of creatures and they're aware that the that the Edo worship them like a god, that they live kind of in and out of well, we're not really learning anything from any of this. They le- they live in and out of reality. Yeah. And they also know everything that about the Federation that he knows, which is basically everything. Hmm. And that uh and that if Picard violates the Prime Directive, which he's obviously already done as we discussed, you know, who knows what the god will do? You know, it's very, yep. very powerful. We we again we don't actually know how powerful it is. We know it's got a big voice and a bubble. <laughs> um yep. that's kind of it.
1: It shook the ship around.
0: Oh yeah, it was kind of booming yeah. and everyone was pretty scared. Picard is Picard is very confused, so confused in fact, he he asks for Data's advice. You know, he actually consults Data and says, you know, hey, I need to chat, talk this out with someone. Except, doesn't really.
1: No, because he babbles apparently. Yes, he babbles? It was his funny joke for the episode. The, yes. They, they go back and forth, and, and Picard says, "Oh, you're babbling," and he goes, "Babble, sir. I don't know what babbling is. Is this babbling? Oh, I was fucking over it. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to hear him make a joke.
0: Yeah." Anyway, so yes, uh, a lot of babbling, and uh, because apparently she's a babbler. She? Sorry, he's a babbler, right? You know, he's always going on and on about stuff. Anyway, Picard and Data, you know, I don't know what they get out of that conversation. Um, Not much, as far as I can tell. You know, Data doesn't offer much, and... Uh, they don't really discuss anything of any real merit uh, and Picard decides Picard's got to beam back down of course He's got to beam mm-hmm. back down uh, to the planet because he's, yeah. he's got to work out how to solve the problem of Wesley
1: mm. but before that Crusher told Data to shut up oh yeah which I really appreciated yeah you
0: did because you one you like Crusher <laughs> two you hate Data <laughs>
1: exactly this. it's my perfect combo we've mm, established yes because she got upset and she started to cry because she was worried that Wesley was going to die and then Data went hmm the ocean of motherhood and she went shut up yeah and i liked
0: it so data uh, so anyway they go back down the planet where picard then chooses to explain everything to the people you know this is this is my problem i don't know what to do um, because of these feelings that i'm having and these things that i know about us and and the the um, people they're saying well you're so powerful why don't you just why don't you just take him again it's like yeah that's kind of what we were all thinking (laughs) yeah Uh, why don't you just take him no no, Picard can't take him. But guess what? He can. <laughs> so so after all this, after all this discussion about feelings and what he can and he can't do, apparently the solution is just I can't take I can't let my guy die. I'm just gonna take him. So he just takes Wesley and they beam up. And that's it. Oh no. No, they can't beam up. He says I'm going yeah. I'm gonna take him. So they attempt to beam up but they can't because God has stopped them as um as one of the guys points out God won't let you go and which point Picard you know Picard and Riker decide very quickly to explain to these godlike beings the difference between justice and laws mm. you know laws are um you know they need to be flexible for there to be true justice essentially they can't be um can't have inflexible laws otherwise you know there is no true justice and and then obviously this message gets to the gods and they must go yeah that guy's so right we haven't thought about this yeah, before
1: those guys goes wow i hadn't thought about wow, that wow that's pretty mm-hmm. good and
0: lets them beam back up to yeah. to the ship and that's it really Pretty much Pretty much. that's it. Picard decides that he uh, he wants to talk to the uh, he wants to talk to the people about um, you know the, the, the alien people. please let us talk but they just disappear. Mm. Uh, he says, look I, you know he says we'll, we'll take the colonists away. It's okay. They don't even respond to that. you know they just disappear and that's it And Picard we, we leave the episode with Picard saying I, I just wanted to know more to learn more about yeah. these people, these aliens. That's what I really wanted out of all this.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that concept as an end of an episode of like, well, you know, you won't, there are things that are bigger than you in the universe that you just won't understand, you know, like, especially in a show like Star Trek, like, I think that, like, I appreciate that kind of story, but. The rest of the story was just not strong, <laughs> so
0: yeah, so uh, it just
1: kind of didn't go anywhere. Like there wasn't any resolution to the episode at all.
0: No, nothing at all. So essentially, I guess we we as the viewers are meant to understand that, of course, you know, these law is ridiculous, and you can't kill someone because they fell in a garden patch, and uh, that's that, and and so we're all meant to, of course, empathise, but but essentially, the what Picard does is just steal. Um, Still, Wesley back. Forget what he'd said all about there being prime directives. Again, not that there were. And then the dude, you know, the the spaceship disappears, and um, that's it. That is it. He.
1: Yeah. Well, because I think it was supposed to be like Picard was struggling the episode with, you know, do I break the prime directive to save this child? Like, like this this law is crazy. You know, I should just save. Wesley but then also that would break the prime directive and is that worth it and blah 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 and then you know in the end he goes like mm, you know I do need to break it this is you know there are things that are more important than our laws like the prime directive that you know the prime directive like the, their law does isn't always just in certain contexts but there wasn't any progression to that decision it was kind of like just two scenes and then he made that decision for no mm. real reason and the and it wasn't really that interesting because i think another thing about the episode is that like half the episode goes by before any of this stuff about the laws really comes up that's what i mean about like the first half of the episode is like ooh it's a sex planet and mm. then it's like oh we have a law about killing people and then it's like oh well, actually this episode's about that i was mm. like oh okay it was like weird i don't know why they started it like that yeah
0: i mean what might have been interesting is if on the sex planet it was actually a discussion about morality around sex and whatever. Not that I think that there's an issue, but, you know, like... It rather than it just becomes about strict laws, you know? Yeah,
1: they kind of just had no... It's like, what was the point of even setting up the planet like that and having so much discussion about it, about, like, everyone's so excited to go and see these people and, oh, look, their customs and blah, blah, blah. Like, there was no point to all that exposition and all that talk about their, their kind of society when the episode wasn't about that. Like, either like make it one or the other. Yep. Like, just start the episode and pretty quick... Like, within the first five minutes, you should bring up their law. And, like, maybe it just doesn't get around to Wesley and he doesn't hear about it and then that stuff happens so then you have longer to spend the episode about that morality center and you have more time to make it interesting mm. rather than like 10 minutes to just have a couple conversations about it and then end the episode
0: i think the frustrating thing about this episode um, was that it there was probably a really good episode in here. Yeah, probably. And it had the structure and some mixed concepts, but in the end, it was all just a bit muddled. Mm. So it is, in fact, rated as one of the poorer episodes of uh, mm. Next Gen. You know, like uh, one website rated the 16th worth episode. Yeah. I think others have rated it uh, worse than that. A reviewer has claimed the episode collapses under the weight of its own ridiculousness. Yeah, it's just... It's just not well thought out. I mean, the structure is there, which I like. I like good structure and they they get it. But they Mm. just don't seem to approach it like the classic original series version of this, which you might remember is the one, very similar, childlike people on a planet controlled by uh, this alien robot, I guess, like this. Mm. this, And of course, to which, uh, you know, Kirk's solution is this isn't right. People just need to grow, and they just destroy it. You know yeah. that's that's their solution. Uh, so not great, but but similar kind of concept. You know here's this. You know here are these people. They're controlled by um, uh, someone else, and you know they could have maybe discussed that or discussed. There's just maybe a couple of too many. Like, did it need to be a sex planet? Could it just been a planet of nice people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the the contrast was supposed to be that they're really nice and really open and all about happiness. mm. But they have this really harsh law about execution. Like it didn't have to be about like the sex stuff, which is like, Mm. it doesn't matter that it is. It's just time away from the actual plot of the episode. Mm. Too much time away from the plot of the episode Mm. for no reason.
0: I I wonder, in fact, this wouldn't shock me. Whether this story came in and they said, Oh, here are these childlike people, blah, blah, blah. And then Roddenberry got his hand on the script and put lots of sex in it. Because yeah. I, I remember in the oral history, that used to happen quite a bit. Mm. Like he would just, he would just, I mean, not just for the sex, but he would just grab a script and change it. But he was a horny old dude. And so uh, it feels a little bit like that. And yeah. they, they put it in there when you could have just skipped that altogether and had it being about law versus justice i mean the episode is literally called justice yeah and so it's a discuss, you know i mean it's a, a, a great discussion to have about what's more important law or justice hmm.
1: and you know if we if we'd had more time devoted to it like we could have started the episode with like oh someone breaks some tiny law and you're like huh, oh, why uh, oh that's dumb and then you see them get like killed And you're like, Mm. what the fuck? And then it's like, oh, that's just how we do things. They broke the law. Mm. And then it's like, oh, this is so weird. These people are really creepy. And then like continued on from there. Mm. And then like Wesley's off doing something and they're like, oh, Wesley. And then, you know, stuff goes on from there. So you just like, you. you have more time to like add more stuff in and like so because it was basically just they just talked about the thing like nothing happened in the episode Mm. they just had a couple conversations about laws and stuff so it's like i would like more action to have happened especially in an episode that's on planet you know Mm. i was expecting a bit more action and nothing really happened
0: yeah yeah it was a shame that this the one sort of down on the planet episode uh which looks like it was filmed on your property somewhere where there was a building yeah yeah, just, yeah, it was just a bit of a mess. And I, I, I think this is, like I may have said already said this, but a bit of a recurring theme for this season. I think, you know, there are going to be a lot of messy episodes in this first season. Yeah. Simple as best, I think.
1: Yeah. But um, I think that is something about this episode that, honestly, I wouldn't describe it as messy. Like, I think it was quite clean. It was just, mm. it didn't quite hit the points that it was supposed to and then became quite boring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a fair call. Like, messy is probably the racist one. I think that was pretty messy.
1: I think we've had a lot of messy episodes, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. this is one of the not this messy episodes. This was kind episodes.
0: of tight. Just They just sort of avoided the problem. They kind of yeah. avoided the main point. It's a mm-hmm. bit like, and again... Apologies if I've said this before. The fight's about to happen, and we cut away to another scene, and then when we cut back, the fight's over. Yeah. This episode feels a bit like that. There's a main discussion. They kind of waffle on about nothing about the difference between law and justice, and 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 then and then the solution is uh, I'm taking him by.
1: Yeah. Like like if Picard had to like break Wesley out of somewhere, and he had to like actively. Mm you know, like break him out instead of just like, oh, we're going to take him. And they're like, okay, we're not happy about it, but I guess we'll let you do it. Like Mm. if there was just like, you could have made this interesting if there was a bit more action.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that is very true. This is C plus maybe. Yeah. B minus, I guess,
1: something like that. Kind of like a, I mean, maybe a can't really remember all the episodes that we've watched so far, but it's like a, it's, it's a low mid one. Like it's not at the bottom. No. It's nowhere near Somewhere Somewhere in the middle, but on the lower end. Although we haven't had that many good episodes yet, so maybe it's more in the not middle.
0: really no, so. not really. Okay,
1: but go on. Another. I think the real disappointment was Wesley's um, jumper. Not a great. jumper. Yeah, but
0: he did have interesting pants on.
1: Did he? Yeah. I only look at his Okay, that's good. Yeah. His jumper, been... but his jumper was just a knitted brown jumper yeah. that was. I didn't. I didn't like the knit style. I didn't like the. I mean, I don't mind brown, but it was just not. It wasn't funky.
0: No, I agree. The Wesley attire was not on point today. That's, yeah. uh, that is for sure. You know, and think Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek has had... I mean, the, the famous court-martial episode from the original yeah. series. I mean, Star mm-hmm. Trek can do moral yeah well they talk
1: about like euthanasia and is it like is it right and blah, like that was a fucking great episode
0: yeah and and the, you know star Trek's strength is it's a show of ideas and and it's a discussion yeah. of ideas i don't know maybe everyone's just a bit too old and they're a bit too rushed and yeah i think you know it's incredible to think that this show like hit a home run when it first came out people must have been just desperate for anything <laughs> tv must have been just horrific at the time they were just surprised. Maybe. There was Star Trek and... Has there been a, has there been a phase of battle? Has there been. Any? Oh, yeah, there was on the... Um, uh, with the, uh, you know, Ferengi. Yeah, There's with the Ferengi. Stuff going on there. All right. So I guess that brings an end to justice. Yep, I um, think so. Yeah, okay. All right. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WaitWhereSpock or email us at WaitWestSpock at gmail.com. We'd love to get your feedback and your suggestions, all your messages. please... Beam them on in. Beam them on in.
1: And um, please join us again next week for episode eight of season one, The Battle. After waiting for a response to their hails for three days, Captain Picard finds that the Ferengi have discovered the Stargazer, his old ship. Ooh, that sounds kind of fun. Well, this sounds good. His old ship. That's some history of Picard. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah.
0: This might be all right, actually. The Battle.
1: I can't.
0: Okay, Which might be fun. Yeah, all right. All right. That, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. Um, all right. Well, then, until next week, my name's Matt.
1: And I'm mayor, and we'll see you next time.